welcome to the Informed Traveler podcast, a travel podcast where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman. You know, this time of year, there is no better place to be than in the Rocky Mountains. And it's beautiful any time of year, really, but it seems to have a magical feeling to it during the holidays. So with that, a little later in the podcast, we'll head to the Fairmont Chateau Lake Louise to find out their New Year's Eve plans and other events for 2019. Plus, we'll get some insight on what it's like to travel through the Holy Land of Israel this time of year. And we'll introduce you to someone who's going to be a regular contributor to the podcast, and that's Taylor Cole. She is the host of the new travel TV show called Hotel Hunt, and she just got back from visiting Israel, so we'll get her thoughts on that. But I want to begin the podcast talking with Christine Langwa from Katza, the Canadian Air Transport Security Authority, about getting through airport security during the holidays and any time of year, really. Hi, Christine. Hi, Randy. Let's just tell people what Katza is and what Katza does. So what people see from us is mostly uh, when they go to the airport, they get they have to go through security. Uh, they have to be uh, to make sure that their uh, carry-on bags don't contain anything that is not allowed through security. That's the main part of what people see from us. Um, so that's what CATSA does. And uh, CATSA is the acronym for Canadian Air Transport Security Authority. So that's what you're all about. So now let's t- tell me, is, is, the holiday season is always busier, but what is different about traveling during the holidays versus any other time from a security standpoint. So one thing that is different is that people are trying to bring gifts with them, and there are a few rules applying to it. One of it would be to not wrap your gifts before going through security. Uh, There's no limitation on wrapping paper. You can bring it with you if you want. Keep in mind to not wrap your gifts. One type of gift that sometimes people forget about are the snow globes. It does contain liquid. Therefore, the limit of 100 millimeters of of container for liquids in carry-on applies to Mm. it. So snow globes should go in your checked luggage. It's a general rule. If you carry other liquids or gels, for example, you know that the rule is it has to be in small containers of 100 millimeters or less, and all your containers have to fit together in a one-liter clear plastic bag. Keep in mind that some food is part, are part of that category. So, for example, jam would be considered as a gel or peanut butter uh, or cranberry sauce, for that matter. So if you have a turkey, solid food is allowed in your carry-on, but the cranberry sauce has to be checked. (laughs) I would imagine you find all kinds of things. (laughs) People try to get through their luggage. Do you not? Oh, absolutely. People try to to, uh, travel with different things. We often see tools, for example. Tools can travel like saws and things like that. However, it has to go in check luggage, not in carry-on. We see sometimes knives. People forget knives in their Mm -hmm. bags. For example, hunting knives, all sorts of nice cooking knives. uh, That can travel, but it has to go in check luggage. One rule that is not that well-known yet, because more recent simply, is the rule on inorganic powders. So you'll ask me, Randy, what are inorganic powders? <laughs> well, this is sand, for example. This is salt as well. So bath salt, super relaxing, but if you have over the size of a soda can, much more relaxing to have it in your checked luggage, because there's a limitation in your carry-on. So it's, the limitation is at 350 millimeters of inorganic powders for carry-on, roughly the size of a soda can. If you have more than that, it has to go in your checked luggage. Keep in mind that many end warmers, and so the, these end warmers, if you have one or two, it's fine. But if you have more than that, if you have, let's say, a big box, mm-hmm. much better to have it in your 
your check luggage because then you, you're over the limit of the size of a soda can for inorganic powders. What about uh, baby uh, formulas and things like that, people traveling with young children? Can they bring their things on their parents? Yes. So liquids are exempted if it's for a child uh, two years old or younger. So if you have milk for a baby, for example, it's fine. Uh, however, be ready to show it at the security checkpoint. They will ask you to see it. Uh, but yes, it's allowed. Same thing with medication. There's an exemption for medication if you have, let's say, cough, uh, cough syrup, for mm. example. Uh, but be ready to show it at the checkpoint. Uh, one thing that is new to this year is the cannabis. So there, as you know, it's now legal in mm-hmm. Canada to... Um, to have cannabis with you. So it's okay as well to travel by plane for domestic flights. So you're allowed to have with you up to 30 grams of cannabis if it's recreational. 30 grams would be roughly what fits in a clear sandwich bag. Uh, That's about uh, what 30 grams looks like. if you have, if it's medical, you're allowed to have up to 150 grams. However, be ready to show your medical documentation. Uh, the cannabis can go in both carry-on or check luggage. However, remember that you cannot cross international borders. This remains illegal. So you cannot cross international borders mm-hmm. with cannabis, whether you go out of Canada or you come in Canada. Well, and imagine your like your website is very handy because you can just sort of do a search. Uh, I don't know, type in whatever item you're not sure about, and it'll come up whether you need to carry or whether you can check it or whether you can carry it on, right? Absolutely. So the website, and we also have an application that you can download for your uh, phone. So in between two games of Candy Crush, just go take 30 seconds <laughs> and uh, download our app. It's available on both uh, uh, Android and iPhone. And uh, with that app, what it gives you is the tool that you just mentioned. Uh, what can I bring? That's the name of the tool. You enter the name of your item in there, and it's going to tell you, does it go and check and carry on? Can I bring it with me or not at all? So it's going to give you the response to it. If ever you want to travel with an item that would be a bit more rare or exceptional and you don't find the, the answer, uh, contact us via Twitter, email, uh, or Facebook sometimes. People send us sometimes pictures of their item with a yeah. short description. That's a very useful tool. And the, the app also gives you the wait time in real time at security checkpoints in 14 Canadian airports. So it gives you an idea of how long it takes to go through security in a specific, at a specific time. Keep in mind, though, that it gives you the time only for the security checkpoint, so not for all the steps you have to go through when you travel at the airport. Uh, and also that there's going to be rush hours. Give yourself plenty of time. And the worst that can happen is that you're going to start your vacation an hour early. <laughs> Great advice. Christine Langua is the spokesperson for CATSA, the Canadian Air Transport Security Authority. Uh, thanks for the advice, uh, Christine, and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you too, Randy. Well, to me, there is no better place to be than in the Rocky Mountains this time of year. Of course, it's beautiful any time of year, but it seems to have a magical feeling to it during the holidays. And one beautiful place to stay in the heart of the Rockies is the Fairmont Chateau Lake Louise. And to tell us more about it is James Fraser. He's the Senior Marketing Manager for the Chateau Lake Louise. Hi, James. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Uh, Let's do a little rundown review of uh, how 2018 was. Was it just as busy as uh, the year before, which was Canada it certainly was. We uh, always are keen to welcome everybody throughout the entire year, and 
I'm sure we welcomed just as many people this year as we did in the previous year. So it's been another busy year throughout uh, all of 2018 here. And what about the smoke in the summer times? I know it was uh, quite a quite a bother uh, for tourists and visitors alike. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it can be a, a nuisance and an inconvenience sometimes, but of course, we're always at the mercy of Mother Nature, and that's what makes this place so incredible and so special. And sometimes Mother Nature has a bit of a different plan in store than what we might expect. Well, I guess uh, one of the advantages then of winter is there you don't have that threat of forest fires. So uh, we just... certainly don't. <laughs> All we really care about is having tons of snow and incredible weather to enjoy our winter wonderland. Well, exactly. So uh, describe the hotel for me now uh, during the holiday season. Uh, it must be all decorated up and, you, and, and lots of snow out there. I would we imagine. are all decked out for the holiday season. Things are in full swing and we've had an incredible start to the winter season here. And we always like to say that really were this real life snow globe right in the heart of Banff National Park here. And what makes it so amazing is that you can walk out the doors of Fairmont Shadow Lake Louise here and have access to all the winter activities you can imagine. So we have our incredible, most scenic outdoor pond hockey, frozen ice skating uh, rink, uh, frozen Lake Louise. And uh, it opened a couple weeks ago and people are out there skating and having fun. We have a separate sheet of ice for a game of shinny. The ice castle is built. We have our ice bar opening. You can walk out the door and jump on a sleigh ride or go snowshoeing or go cross-country skiing. It really is this ultimate winter wonderland that really has come to life over the past few weeks. Mm-hmm. Well, it is uh, quite magical out there. I like to use the word. Uh, for the, let's do the basics now for some for people who may have never uh, visited the sure. Fairmont Chateau Lake Louise. Where are you located in the as far as the park goes and maybe in relation to the town of Banff? Yeah, absolutely. So we're, depending on where people are coming from, we're a really short scenic drive, only a two-hour drive from Calgary International Airport, of course, heading west into the Rocky Mountains here. And then a lot of people are very familiar with Banff and the town of Banff. And so we're just about 45 minutes west of Banff, which really does put you further into the heart of Banff National Park here. And we're also at a pretty high altitude, at a pretty high elevation here. So it um, really puts you in this spot, in this vantage point within the park that you don't sometimes get in other locations of the national park here. So that's also what makes it so incredibly special. Uh, what's, what's going on for New Year's now? New Year's, we always have a lot going on, and even just through the whole festive season, of course, we're gearing up for uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day next week, and then the week following, we have a huge New Year's Eve party for all of our guests, and it consists of live music and food and cocktails and drinks, and we have a balloon drop at midnight, and it's basically, we turn our lobby into a party. <laughs> and there's a full dance floor with a live band going. And it's um, one of the only times you can really party like that in the lobby here at Fairmont Shadow Lake Louise. 
Is that just for guests, or if you were just visiting, could you partake in that as well? I'm sure you likely can. It would just require a reservation in advance. Uh-huh. Uh, but typically, it is very much catered to all of our guests that are staying in-house with us. And I would imagine uh, you're very uh, busy this time of year, and, and getting a room right now for that would probably be uh, kind of difficult, would it? There's, there's a little bit of availability left last minute. Uh, but what I always like to suggest is that you can experience all of these holiday festive elements through any time this winter. So although it seems like doing a sleigh ride or going ice skating or cross-country skiing or snowshoeing is something that is really magical due over the holiday season, it's just as magical doing it leading up to Christmas, New Year's, or even afterwards through the months of January, February, March. You can mm-hmm. do all those incredible things really at any point through the winter. Well, let's talk about those months in 2019, uh, the big ice festival that comes up. That's in February, That's right? Right. It's yeah. actually in January. Okay? So we have uh, our International Ice Carving Ice Magic Festival, and that's in partnership with our friends at Banff Lake Louise Tourism. And that's happening mid to late January this year and very excited to be hosting it once again. And then we also have some other exciting things coming up. We have our annual pond hockey tournament happening in February. And although it's sold out, uh, it's certainly a highly coveted event to be a part of and Mm -hmm. we encourage people to come and check it out and uh, enjoy and take in all the action that's happening. And then something else we have happening a little bit later in the winter and that we have throughout the winter season and the fall season are our wellness retreats. And we host a series of multi-day wellness retreats that focus on various topics from living your best life to mindful eating to yoga, meditation, mindfulness. And that's something that's new and different for us that we've been developing over the past couple years. And it's really just a way to experience Lake Louise and Fairmont Shadow Lake Louise in the national park in a bit of a different way. Mm-hmm. And I think as, uh, as you get closer to spring, because you're such a uh, higher elevation, the snow lasts for quite a while there, doesn't it? It does. We have one of the longest seasons in North America. A lot of the ski resorts are some of the first ski resorts to open and the last ski resorts to close. So we had ski resorts here open in early November. And uh, some of them don't close until the May long weekend, the Victoria Day May long weekend. So there's ample time to get out here and really enjoy it. And if you do want to take part, I know skiing is big and you mentioned some of the activities. Uh, you can just go right to the front desk or concierge and they can, they can figure out an activity for you and get you all geared up, can't you? Absolutely. We have everything that you would want to potentially experience from some of the more adrenaline-inducing, exciting items like going ice climbing to some of the more leisurely items like going for a sleigh ride along the lakeshore path and to the back of the lake where you're surrounded by all the incredible scenery. So there really is something for everyone here, and it's really the best way to experience it. I always say that this is where snow and ice is really meant to be. This is where it makes sense, (laughs) and this is where you can really appreciate it. Sometimes, you know, through the winter season, if you're in the city, 
winter can be a little bit annoying or a little bit frustrating, but then you get out here and you just realize how, like you said, magical it really is. Mm-hmm. Uh, is the Fairmont Chateau Lake Louise, it is gorgeous, so any time of year, but uh, in the wintertime, I think it just, just adds a little bit more to it. Uh, James Fraser is the Senior Marketing Manager for the Fairmont Chateau Lake Louise. You can find all the info on the Fairmont website, fairmont.com. Uh, thanks, uh, James, and Happy New Year. Likewise, have a great New Year and Merry Christmas, all the best. Well, for many people, traveling through the Holy Land of Israel is a pretty special trip. And one person who just got back from doing that is Taylor Cole. She is the host of the new travel TV show called Hotel Hunt. The website is hotelhunttv.com. And Taylor joins us now to tell us what she experienced in Israel and some of the highlights of her trip. Hi, Taylor. Hey, Randy your TV show, Hotel Hunt TV. Let's talk about that just for a second. Give some background on on yourself and your TV show. Absolutely. So I, for years now, I've been working with Canadian television producer Rebecca Webster. She produces several shows, um, including one called Downright Domestic. And I've been her travel expert on the show for a number of years. And we've recently branched out to this new show called Hotel Hunt. Hotel Hunt is similar to the way the name sounds. We help you find the best places to stay. Initially, the show was modeled after House Hunters, where you couldn't decide amongst three or four places, and we would come in and help you identify the best place. Now we go to all sorts of destinations. We do excursions. We sample the food, and we bring them to life via television for you. Nice. Well, um, that's going to be, uh, we're going to be chatting with you on a regular basis about hotels because, as our listeners know, we do a hotel segment uh, each week. But uh, for this segment, you were recently in Israel, which I always found to be so fascinating, especially this time of year. Uh, so you just got back from Israel. Uh, tell me a, bit, a, bit, a little bit about that, the background of that, and how long you were there. Yes. Well, if you celebrate Christmas like I do, Randy, it's hard to talk about the holiday without making reference to the manger of Bethlehem and the meaning of Christmas. And I had the opportunity to travel with a large group to Israel. I was there for 14 days. I chose to take a little bit longer trip than the group, but it was incredible. It just really made history as well as the Bible come to life. And especially at the holidays, it's significant. Mm-hmm, I would think so. So what were some of your expectations before you uh, left? And, and were those expectations met, I guess? Yes. You know, I thought of stony, rustic, um, very ancient, lots of tombs and caves. I think that was kind of in my mind and wilderness, you know, lots of open pastures. It does deliver that. However, it also has a modern flair, which is surprising uh, for such an ancient city, or uh, such an ancient country. And then to go to Jerusalem, to the old city, uh, everything really culminates there, where you get um, history for a number of religions, as well as our world, right there in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Uh, what were some of the highlights of the trip? I know we have only have about 10 minutes. You could probably talk for an hour, but uh, just touch on some of the highlights and things that really impressed you. Absolutely. Well, one of the most picturesque places, and you'll see it in most everyone's photo who goes to Israel, is the Mount of Olives. And it's located between Bethany and Jerusalem. 
And this is the area, um, is one of the oldest and largest Jewish cemeteries. Um, there's a Russian Orthodox Church. It's called the Russian Orthodox Church of Mary Magdalene. And it's very recognizable. It's got these seven kind of onion-shaped um, domes on top. Um, and they're gold and kind of have a really unique look to them. Um, the Garden of Gethsemane, which is um, also known as the Garden of the Wine Press, is located at the base of the Mount of Olives, and it has ancient olive trees that you know, date back into the, you know, BCs and ADs and all of those alphabets. Um, the other place I really enjoyed seeing was the Pool of Bethesda. Um, this is near St. Anne's Church, and it's an ancient pool that's about 60 feet below ground level. And, you know, this is where people apparently went for healing treatments. And, you know, maybe that was their doctor's appointment was at the, the Pool of Bethesda. It's an ancient pool that's about 60 feet below ground level. I think of this as people going there for their doctor's appointment. They would go there for healing. The waters had uh, healing powers, people believed, or it was a place where you could bathe and um, get washed up. And so um, just very impressive to see that. Outside of Jerusalem, um, a place that I would highly recommend is that you go into the Judean wilderness and see the ancient remains of Qumran, where the Dead Sea Scrolls were found in 1947. You know, there's the Dead Sea Scrolls that have been um, showcased throughout the world, um, but apparently this is the area, which is adjacent to the real Dead Sea, where the Dead Sea Scrolls were found um, years ago. Uh, one of my absolute favorite places, though, is called Masada. And if you're familiar with the movies or some Charlton Helston films, um, Masada is a fortress that was occupied by King Herod. And there's a very dramatic story that unfolded on this site between Jewish defenders and the Romans in 73 AD. Um, and it's just a very dramatic story. You can kind of see why that story would have unfolded once you get to this place. Mm -hmm. The super cool thing about Masada is to get to it, you either have to take a cable car or you have to make about a 40-minute hike up this gigantic rock structure. Uh, my husband, who's a contender for American Ninja Warrior, he hiked up the hill. <laughs> I was carrying camera equipment, so I couldn't do it. <laughs> but uh, Masada is for the fitness enthusiasts as well as the uh, mountain climbers and rock climbers. This is a place to go if you want to get fit. Mm -hmm. Well, I would think uh, Israel would be one of those places, especially if you've never been, uh, that you'd want to have a, a tour operator that you can rely on that can kind of lead your, guide your hand a bit, right? Yes, it definitely makes a difference. And most of these places, you actually couldn't get into them unless you had an organized tour or group. Um, as you probably know from the news, you know, the battle between um, you know, the, the, the Philistines as well as the Israelites. And there's just lots of areas that are restricted. Mm -hmm. And you definitely need a tour operator. And um, people have told me that the guy that was with our group said that over the past 20 years, he's seen a dramatic increase in the number of tourists and large tour groups that are now going to Israel. Mm -hmm. so, Ten years ago, there just weren't that many people going. And of course, with the conflict and things happening in the news, people are hesitant to go sometimes. But actually, I felt safe. It was one of the safest places I've traveled to in a long time where I just felt like... Um, I felt welcomed, but it wasn't a welcome as come shop with us and come dine with us. It was mm -hmm. more of 
we respect the fact that you want to come here, you want to learn, and we make it easy for you to do that. Well, uh, yeah, that brings up a couple points. Uh, for, I think I saw a story actually last week. Uh, Israel uh, had four million visitors last year. Uh, so, yeah, there is a big interest in uh, people wanting to see Israel and visit Israel. Uh, security, you brought that up. Uh, I think that's always on the back of people's minds. So if anyone is planning a trip to Israel, what would you say to them? I would say definitely know what to pack and what to do. And, and I'll have an article about that on hotelmtv.com. Um, the other thing is be prepared, you know, no matter what your faith or religious beliefs or background is, be prepared for a history lesson. Um, you know, I think it's, it's worth it all for just citizens to, to better understand uh, the history of the country as well as the history of the conflicts in Israel. Um, because we also went to a place called uh, Megiddo, which is also known as Armageddon. And, you know, if you've ever watched any movies about Armageddon and you think, oh, yeah, this is out in the future. Well, you actually see the place where apparently it's all going to go down at the very spot. And I think we owe it to ourselves to know a little bit more about it and uh-huh. understand why the headlines are covered with this conflict throughout Israel. Well, and I think your point is good. Uh, even if you're not a religious person, uh, just the history behind that whole area would be fascinating to visit. Uh, we only got about a minute, so any any uh, other thoughts you have on, on your trip to Israel? Well, there's definitely great places to stay, right? So one thing I love talking about is where to stay and, and where can you find the best accommodations. And we stayed at the David Citadel Hotel. Uh, we also went to the Waldorf Astoria in Jerusalem, and those are both great choices. There's also a number, surprisingly, there's a number of bed and breakfast and vacation rentals now that are available. And so, you know, there's a lot of options, no matter what your budget is, and places that are within walking distance to a lot of these popular tourist sites. Um, You know, many of them, uh, you have to watch the language and also uh, recognize that they only accept shekels um, or they only speak Hebrew, but... You know, there's there's going to be a lot of great places to stay, and the hotels themselves will have a history to them as well. Uh, Taylor Cole is a travel expert and host of the new travel TV show, Hotel Hunt. Uh, the website is hotelhunttv.com. Uh, like we said at the beginning of this segment, we'll be, having, we'll be chatting with you a lot about different hotels around the world, so we're excited about that. And it's uh, always a pleasure to chat, uh, Taylor. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Randy. Pleasure as always. <laughs> And that is this week's Informed Traveler podcast. I want to thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, take a minute, rate the show, leave us a review, and tell a friend about the podcast. And if you want to drop me a line, my email address is randy at theinformedtraveler.ca. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash informedtraveler, or you can follow me on Twitter at informedtraveler.com.